0: Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Brian Gottlieb, CEO of Tundraland Home Improvements in Wisconsin. When I talk to business owners about their plans for success, many just ramble off a list of tactics. The more sophisticated ones can articulate a strategy behind them. But the most successful business owners know that strategy alone isn't enough. Brian is here to explain that crucial role that culture plays in executing any business strategy and we'll hear all about it in just a minute. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe?
1: Are these really the questions that I was
0: called here to answer?
2: Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company and i am here with my co-host mark harari Hi. mark's the humor of the group here <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're really excited mark i'm pumped today because we get to talk to brian gottlieb and he runs an amazing company so i'm super excited to talk to him
0: it's an awesome com- the entire all of wisconsin they cover
2: Yes, and, right. and the, all of Wisconsin voted Tundra Land as one of the best companies to work for, which yeah, is pretty cool. darned amazing that's when cool. you think about of, – out of all companies in Wisconsin, that's super cool. You think that has
0: something to do with culture?
2: I think it might. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I also think that culture comes right from the top, which is why I'm very excited about talking to Brian today. Shall we kick it off?
0: Please kick away.
2: All right, Brian Gottlieb is founder and CEO of Tundra Land Home Improvements, and he started his business on a plastic folding table with just $3,000 in cash. Today, with over 220 employees and revenues in excess of 42000000 million, he'll be discussing the key steps needed for a business to implement their desired strategy. Welcome, Brian
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Victoria. How are you? We're you great.
2: And, you know, we're really pumped to have you on this program because not only will people get a taste of what you're going to be talking about and learning from you, but you're they're going to be able to hear more from you at the Remodelers Summit in Orlando this coming September.
1: Which everybody needs to come to
2: because yes. it's going to be a event. <laughs> it is going to be awesome. So, Brian, tell me a little bit about, you know, let's just start with the basics. What is your definition of strategy?
1: Yeah, what a great question. For me, strategy, you know, any business strategy, it's about an integrated set of choices that an organization makes as a way to, number one, position themselves against competition, number two, add value to the customer, and number three, add value to the organization. A, a lot of times I think strategy doesn't take into all those three things into consideration, but, but, but strategy is really about an integrated set of choices that an organization makes we can talk a whole lot about this. It's a great topic.
2: Well, so okay, so give me an idea of when you were sitting there at your folding table with your $3,000, what yep. were some of the choices you made at that time to get in How many years has it been from then to now?
1: So it's been 10 years. So Oh my so god,
2: I, only 10 years.
1: Right. So back then the only strategy was stay in business. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and did so you start out thing. did you start out doing the same thing that you're doing today? The same type of work?
1: Right, we started as a sunroom company, so we were just a we were a four season sunroom location. And if you would have asked me, interesting enough, ten years ago, what business I was in, I would have said, "Well, we're a construction company." Ah. If you had asked me five years ago, I would have probably said we're a sales and marketing company that happens to be in construction. But if you asked me today, I would say first and foremost, we're a training organization. Our, our number one opportunity is developing people, and and that's a key piece of our strategy. It's a key choice that we make. That that is all about people development. Control. A training
2: organization. Why would you yeah. say that? That it seems to be so opposite of the way most people think about their businesses.
1: Right. So on my desk in my office, I don't have any drawers in my in my on my desk. And and I've got a thing where if there's a piece of paper on my desk, it's probably in the wrong place. I'm probably then the bottleneck of the business. So a training organization is is, is about taking the responsibilities and sharing them throughout the, the, the organization and knowing that those duties and tasks and, and, and big ideas are going to be executed on uh, with excellence. So you know, we need to develop people. If, I'll share with you that I had an aha moment. Can I tell you about my aha yes, moment? Yes, please. Yeah, so my aha moment was this. I was sitting out on the porch with my wife uh, last summer, and we were just really grateful for where we are today. And, you know, we thought to ourselves, and I thought to myself, you know, when, when our when our community is at its full potential, we're in a better place. When our company is at its full potential, we're at a better place. And so, therefore, my focus on a daily basis is how do I get both our community and our the people inside of our organization to live at their full potential? That is my key focus, and that's about development, because the more they... The more they realize their full potential, the more I'm able to realize mine. In fact, Victoria, I don't believe I can realize my full potential without somebody else first realizing theirs. Oh,
2: that's awesome! That's a wonderful philosophy. Sure. So, okay, so let's go back to focusing on strategy for a minute, and then we'll divert some more down the road. Okay, so why do you feel that most strategies fail?
1: So, I think I think that. I think often what happens, if I may, an org chart looks like a giant triangle. And the CEO sits at the very top of the org chart. And then you have this executive leadership team that gets really well-developed because they're close to the the CEO. Then you have your frontline people that, oh, they get trained like crazy. They're scripted, they're process-driven. They're the ones talking to the customer. And then you have that layer of management that often gets denied inside of an organization. So what happens is, the further, the steeper an org chart gets, the further and further the CEO gets from the customer themselves. And because of that, we don't, when we don't listen to our customer, we're often coming up with the wrong strategy. And I can give you some examples of that. Look at the taxi industry. You know, how many people have been frustrated trying to stand out in the rain to wave down a taxi? And how many people got in the back of a cab complaining about that? But how far removed? from that problem was, was the executive decision makers and it allowed them to be disrupted by Uber. Yeah. It's a classic example of the wrong strategy being executed.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not that the strategies themselves are wrong. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it is that they're wrong. The strategies themselves are wrong, not the implementation so, of it so much.
1: So again, I think the, you know, the definition of strategy is, you know, protecting yourself from competition while at the same time adding value for both the customer and the organization. In order to truly add value for our customer, we have to know where their dissatisfaction is. Okay. Can I give you another example? Yes. Have you ever been to the circus? Yes. When's the last time you've been to the circus?
2: Gosh. Well, do you count Cirque du Soleil? Not counting Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Probably, Probably about when I was about 12.
1: Yeah, yeah, and does a ticket to that circus? What does a ticket to a circus cost? Ten bucks? Yeah. Fifteen bucks, maybe. Okay, most people don't like, the things they don't like about a circus is the smell, right? Number one. <laughs> people don't like the cruelty to animals. Right, some don't like number making one. To people, uh, some people, there's a lot, the food, I mean, all that kind of stuff, just the, the whole environment. But there are things people do like about the circus. They like the entertainment and the thrills. You know, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Ah, uh, when they wanted to innovate their business because their business was going in the wrong direction, instead of doing a three-ring circus, they said, "Well, let's do a five-ring circus." But all they did is provided more things of pe- uh, uh, that, that people don't like. Yeah. Eventually, they filed bankruptcy, and along comes Circus Away. So what they did is they got rid of all the things people don't like about the circus: the smell, the bad food, the dirt, the animals, and, and they got rid of that. They kept the things people do like. And they added good food and a good environment. And right. Instead of charging fifteen bucks, they charge what two hundred dollars? Really? They were a disruptor because they listened to their customer.
2: Uh huh. And,
1: and that's strategy.
2: Okay, so how does culture fit into this whole thing?
1: Well, if you think that again, the CEO is can often be in a in a, in a sort of just out in Never Neverland sometimes, and so far away from the business. It's the people, it, the, the people that are closest to the customer are, are, are your is your team. And giving them a space where they can openly have conversations about where we're not perfect as an organization and, and where the customers are dissatisfied. And and to, to realize that we never have to satisfy, we never have to live with how things are today. We can always do better. Uh-huh. And and culture. Culture is 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 believing in being limitless. Is, is is that that absolute desire and chase to want to realize your full potential to know that it's more than just a job to understand it's a career path and all of and that and that everybody everybody's voice matters.
2: Mm-hmm. So okay, you have done a you've grown tremendously in 10 years, right? You've gotten so many awards. I'm assuming you're profitable and you've grown and all that it, stuff. So from your experience where should, if you were to say to somebody, if you want to grow, if you want to build an awesome business like you have, what are three pieces of, of advice you would give them?
1: Yeah, the, the, the first thing is if, if somebody is really trying to, if you're trying to build a giant ship to sail across the ocean and you need to round up a whole bunch of builders, don't just teach people how to swing a hammer, get people to yearn for the open sea. Oh, okay. Because you build a much much better ship. So, so, the first thing is you have to you have to inspire and encourage people to accomplish something greater than they ever thought possible before, so they can join you on the mission. That's that's number one. No, number two. Number two is 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 people have to be empowered to know that you know each each individual. I'm not perfect at, at at everything. There are a lot of things I'm not perfect at, and it's so important. To, to not hire people like me, but instead to, to hire people that are unlike me, that are going to have offsetting talents. Otherwise, I'm going to be surrounded by a bunch of people like me, and we're never going to grow. And, and The third thing is you kind of got to know where you're going. You kind of got to know where you're going, and it's, it's if you think your point of differentiation is going to come from simply the product that you're selling, you're probably missing the mark. Your point of differentiation, I know our point of differentiation is our culture.
2: Okay. So, okay. You mentioned a couple of different things there. So you talked about, you make them yearn for the open sea, draw that vision. What specifically, how did you do that? I mean, you're not building a ship. So how did you do that?
1: I I think every individual on this planet is, is, is uniquely, is, is uniquely special. And and as a large organization, we have marketing people, and we have sales people, and we have accounting people, and we have a customer care department. We, we, Boy, oh boy, when somebody walks into our organization, I could care less what kind of experience they have. I could care less. But if they have a certain energy to want to, to do better in this world, you know, we can mold them and we can place them. That's we can find. We can help somebody see something inside of them that, that they never even saw for themselves before. If we keep an open mind, instead of often what happens is an organization, while well, I'm hiring for this role, you don't fit this role, so I'm going to kind of throw you out the window there. I, I think, I think and just because somebody starts here doesn't mean that's where their career takes them. They might be better off in another role inside of the organization. I don't think – we don't just give up on people. We, we believe in them. Mm-hmm. How about that?
0: Okay, great. Brian you just said something that triggered a thought to me and and I'm curious I don't know what your philosophy on this is but because you say you just always it's it's almost are you always hiring do you have an open invitation for resumes on your website or anything like that
1: we do we have a we have an open application center on our resume on our website and, you know in reality I I don't even want to see a resume and the reason I don't want to see a resume look if somebody wants to send me one that's fine. But let's face it, there's some great craftsmen out there. Do you really think they have a good resume prepared? And if I make (laughs) a thing that's going to make me want to hire them or not, I'm going to be, I'm going to, the only people that are going to have a great resume prepared are people that aren't doing anything other than putting a resume together. (laughs) We just want to talk to people. You know, we want to talk to them. Some of the incentives that we, we offer, which are a little different in the industry, if somebody comes to us with college debt, we'll actually create a, and there's a lot of student loans out there, as we all know, a ton of oh, loans. Oh, yeah. And so what we do is we create our compensation programs that actually help pay down their student loans for them. Yeah. And it, Sometimes it's not just all about the bonus or the or the hourly wage. It's how do we get them to spend less money and take some of that burden from them?
0: Okay. That's, that's a really cool okay. idea. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah. But it is because it's it's, to what you said, it's almost like if, if, if you don't have that avenue, that channel open, someone that's perfect for you might just kind of pass by because you're not hiring at the moment.
1: That's right. Now, if I can share it with you one more, when you talk about the importance of culture when it comes to strategy, okay, and the connection there, I'll, I'll share with you. And when, when we first started doing our uh, the, the bath business, you know, we do we do a lot of bath uh, remodel projects. We do somewhere between two hundred and fifty and three hundred bath remodeling projects wow. a month. That's, that's a a lot. month? I, I, we, oh my God. In a month. Yeah, that's just, and that's just one segment of our business. We're also a Renewal by Anderson location, and we have a, a bunch of other business segments. But as we were growing our bath business, as we were growing our entire business, you can imagine the number one complaint we were getting from our customer was communication. Yeah, as we were scaling rapidly, we found that we were dropping the ball on customer communication. We would then start throwing bodies and at, at dollars at. well, we just need to communicate more. We need to come up with a better process for, for communication. And yet the more we grew, the more communication became a challenge. Yeah, And we started to step back and we say, well, let's talk to our customer and find out when they say that they're complaining about communication, what are they really complaining about? And what we found, it was the gap from when they first purchased something to when they actually got their installation date.
2: Ah, so so once they got their date, they calmed down.
1: So our entire business model in our bath business today is at point of sale, we give our customer their actual installation date at point of sale. Oh, wow. In addition, we can install their new bath as soon as tomorrow. So what we've done is we've taken that whole, we looked at the root cause of communication. It's this, it's this five, six, seven week timeline. that isn't even necessary in the business. What if we got rid of that and got rid of the need for communication and, and instead created a value proposition that is a way to differentiate ourselves from our competition that's a way to add value for the customer right. and a way to add value for the business. And, and that's the impl- that's the implementation of strategy and culture connecting.
2: All right, that's very cool. Okay, I've got another question for you. I want to go back just a little bit. You talked a, a moment ago, I asked you for advice, right? What you'd give for advice. One is to have the vision and one and later on you said another thing is to know where you're going. What's the difference? <laughs>
1: So, so the, the vision is something that, that, you know, can be, can be, it's more of a, a you know, a larger concept. You know, we, we plan on building a business that's going to be woven into the fabric of a community uh, that, that, that we're, we're going to make a positive impact in the, in the, in, for our employees, for our customers and for our community. That's the big vision, the big, the big vision of where do we want to go as a, as a business? The, the, the roadmap is how we're going to get there. What are the what are the key choices we're going to make along the way, so that we know we're heading in the right direction? And how are we going to constantly make sure that 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 we're all going there together, locked arms, and not leaving anybody behind?
2: So, how do you make sure that your culture is what you want? How do you inspect it?
1: What an absolutely terrific question. I think every there are a lot of companies I think that, that say, "Wow, we have a great culture." You know, we have a great culture, and 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 I believe there are a lot of terrific companies out there, I always like to inspect the culture four ways. Our culture is defined, we have our concept of what we want our culture to be, but but at the end of the day, we 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 can inspect it by how do we hire, how do we fire, how do we promote, and how do we compensate? And when we look at those four elements, no matter what we think our culture is, it's defined by those four things. How do we hire, fire, promote, compensate because those are the action steps that truly define a culture.
2: So, okay. You touched a little bit on how you hire earlier. How do you right fire?
1: Now. Yeah. Yeah. Another great question. I've made the mistake in the past, having to let people go. And it was a total surprise to them. Uh-huh. They
2: never-
1: and you know what? Shame on me and shame on our leadership for allowing that to happen for not, for not having proper performance feedback, for not giving p- people actionable feedback, it's one thing to have a one-on-one. It's another thing to come up with actionable feedback for people. So, so termination, that it, as much as we don't like to see it, it tends to be a byproduct of, of it's just simply not a win-win. And, but, but we must always know that we've we've done our part by being great communicators and, and by by using uh, you, you know the tools of. of of communication and, and talking to people about about actionable feedback that they can so that they can do better i think people are caught by surprise i didn't know i was fired
2: yeah yeah and that is a horrible situation to be in okay so talk about uh, promoting
1: we've got uh, again 200 and some odd employees and their our gm started as a salesperson i think you have to give people a chance a chance to grow within an organization, but you have to create a business model and a training organization that teaches more than just the blocking and tackling of business. So we we have a segment of our business called Tundra Land University, mm-hmm. and inside Tundra Land University, uh, we we can take people and teach them basic leadership skills and management techniques, and give people a path to grow inside of the organization. All right, great.
2: All right, what was the last one? Let's see, a compensation. Woohoo.
1: tell me about okay. that. Compensation. How often in, in in construction companies or in the home improvement, especially in, in the replacement business, is there what's called role conflict? Uh, a salesperson is compensated based on how much they sell, but you know, so they're setting expectations way up here, and the production department is trying to scramble to try to meet those expectations, and and you know, the role conflict. So we look at compensation. It's not perfect, but we always look for a balanced scorecard when it comes to compensation. Okay. So it's. So we're not creating compensation conflicts throughout different departments because that creates silos and that's never good for the customer. All right,
0: good. Brian, what is your role in this whole thing? So, because a lot of our listeners are the owners, the CEO, the principal, whatever you want to call them. What, what do you do in the business for this, yeah. for the culture?
1: So, so my focus is, is searching for the next opportunity to grow and, and, And and connecting with people inside of the organization, uh, developing those around me. That is my 90% of my time is is invested in developing those around me. And the more I do that, the more the business grows.
0: And actually, I wanted to ask you again. So how many employees?
1: Of two hundred and twenty ish, plus or minus.
0: So when you get to, I mean, at that level, there has to be layers. There's there's senior managers under you, and then there's some probably people under them, and then under them, right? I mean, right. you're getting into a structured. So how how can can you even touch everybody? Can you be connected and get your culture, your feeling out there, or do you do it through your your managers and your upper uh, C, C-suite people?
1: Well, it, it's a combination. Certainly, we want to develop our, our leaders to make meaningful connections with their people. But, but I, I really enjoy connecting with whether it's somebody in our outside marketing team or in the call center or a sales rep or, or somebody in our customer care team. I, it's, it's, it's super-duper important. It's super-duper important that, that I walk around the place and know everybody's name and say hi and talk to them. And, and, it, and it doesn't – people just – you know what? People want? people want to know that they're appreciated. I mean, right. when you think about, you know, first and foremost, what do people want? Yeah, they want an income, but income alone isn't enough. If people don't feel appreciated, they're not going to be around. So, so me taking time to, to, to prove my appreciation is the least I can do, regardless of who they are in the organization. So you just make the time. It's, 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 not, it's not a matter of sacrificing anything. It's my focus. It's, yeah, it's what I should do exactly
0: what I should be doing. That's good. Well, I need you to do one favor for me. I need you to make time for some uh, lightning round questions. What do you think? Uh, Sure. (laughs) (laughs) You sound scared. Don't be scared. It'll be okay. It's
1: okay. (laughs) And now, here's the Remodelers Advantage lightning round. It's a trap.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we
1: go. Brian, what's your favorite business book and why? The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, because it teaches people how to be influential and how to also look inside themselves.
0: If you weren't the CEO of Tundra Land Home Improvements, what do you think you'd be doing? I would be a uh,
1: infomercial pitch man. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd be very good at it. (laughs) I would at least try to be.
0: (laughs) What are you not very good at?
1: Sitting around doing nothing. Your
0: room, your desk, or your car— which do you clean
1: first? I always clean my desk because I don't want a piece of paper on it. Wow.
0: Okay, if you could have one superpower, what would it be?
1: Can I can I pick two? Uh, sure. Because I, I really want to fly, but if I can't fly, then I would say uh, eternal life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been told you look like someone famous?
1: I look like that guy Brian Gable, but no. <laughs> There you go. Oh, damn. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> no, I have not.
2: There, you go. there you go. That was awesome. Brian, thank you so much for doing this. And this is just a tip of the iceberg of what you're going to be talking about at the summit, right?
1: Yeah, you bet. Yeah, we're, We'll have a great time.
2: We're, yeah, well, I'm super excited to have you there. And now before I let you go, though, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonated with you.
1: Yeah. So my five words of wisdom are, don't let weaknesses define you. And I say that because none of us are perfect. And we, and, but often what happens is it's the weaknesses inside of our head that talk to us yeah. and try to define us. And there's a big difference between recognizing our weaknesses and being defined by them. Yeah, right. And it's not your weaknesses that got you the way you are today, whoever you are. It's your strength. And just always remember that.
2: That is wonderful. Wonderful way to end the interview. We'll be seeing you at the Remodeler Summit, which you can see more information about Brian and what he's going to be speaking about at a remodelersummit.com. And thank you so much, Brian. And we thank so you. appreciate it and see you in uh, September. Thank
1: you, everybody. Thank you. See you. Bye. See you, Brian.
2: Can you imagine, Mark, growing a business from the ground to $42 million in 10 years? That is amazing. I could progress. do it
0: easily <laughs> if I was selling something that was $20 million a clip. Like I, think I, I think I could do it.
2: Two of you'd get it, eh? I mean, he was very inspirational. You know, I, I just want to just sit and pick his brain for like six hours. Well,
0: I love the idea that you don't just hire, you inspire. Mm-hmm. You encourage passion. You know, the, mm-hmm. don't you want to build a, a ship. You don't hire hammer swingers. You, you hire people that love the sea. Right. Because they're going to be passionate about what they're doing. They're not just doing a task. Right. And that was the biggest takeaway I had. Hire people that are passionate about their trade, whatever it may be.
2: Right. And don't worry so much about the resume and whether they have the exact experience. Get the person who has that passion. The other thing that really resonated with me is that he had the sort of the, the, the list of four things that helped them build their culture, how they hire, how they fire, how they promote, and how they compensate that just to think about it in those terms it's sort of linear and i like that it's a list you focus on one at a time and you come up with people who are excited to be there and want to stay and do a great job
0: well and he also mentioned that he does not want to hire more people like him because it's just a whole bunch of him running around right
2: <laughs> and, yeah.
0: and you can't grow that way now i've always said you need to hire lots of people like me.
2: But, <laughs> yes, you have said that.
0: But clearly that's not yeah. the right tact. That's, But, well, you know, I still think that's the right move for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> you
2: know, this is really exciting. I cannot wait to get him down there. I know that he's going to be doing a, a power talk, uh, just on some expanding on some of the things we talked about today in his own presentation. And then he's going to be on stage and... Uh, and Clayton DeCorn is going to be interviewing him for a second 30-minute session. And at that point, people will have the opportunity to ask questions themselves. So it's we're going to get...
0: Clayton, you know, the editor of... Uh, Remodeling. Remodeling Magazine, yes. right.
2: Mm-hmm. And Clayton's wonderful. He was the editor of, uh, of Journal of Light Construction for many years. He's awesome. He's going to be a great interviewer, and Brian's going to be a great interviewee. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity to hear more from Brian. Plus, he'll be wandering around the summit so people can just walk up and talk to him.
0: Great He's step. humble.
2: Yeah. Can you imagine? The only
0: famous person anybody's ever told him he looks like is himself. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind his, of funny. His humbleness is
2: far reaching. The thing that is, is sort of mind blowing to me, knowing me, is that he doesn't like to have even a piece of paper on his desk. I think that's phenomenal.
0: You're the exact opposite. Yeah. You actually asked me to just bring it. piles of paper to drop uh, on there.
2: I do hate it. Yeah. But that's, that's very cool.
0: Well, that's- that was good stuff. It's always good stuff because this is the podcast to be.
2: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the, or the podcast to listen to one or the other. It's a, either way. So, right. Hey, why don't we uh, put a link to the summit and Brian, some of Brian sessions on the show notes. Absolutely. That is the last week of September in Orlando. So you can read all about it and learn all the details about Brian and all the other great speakers at RemodelersSummit.com. Yep.
0: Good stuff. Hey, I'm Mark Harari. I want to thank you as always for being here. We want to thank Brian Gottlieb for taking the time out of his busy day from setting the culture tone at his company to come and talk to us. And
2: you are? Victoria Downing. And we'll see you next week. Take care. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening.